You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Chiefs Kingdom, welcome in to the latest edition, the latest episode of the AP Draft Room Podcast on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Exciting show today. We are getting closer and closer. Uh, as always, I'm Ron Cop Jr., the lead analyst at ArrowheadPride.com. And with my co-host, as always, got the whole squad together on this beautiful Sunday, Sunday morning today. Happy Easter to everybody. Uh, Talon and Brian, Talon uh, at CoachGraph34 start with you today on the west coast you're even earlier than we are uh how, how are you this morning hey doing well man happy easter to everybody out there um yeah man doing well it's a beautiful sunday morning out here in california um you know this is a it's a good way to start the day i'm not gonna lie to you guys it's kind of dreary here brian i don't know i don't know about you but it's kind of it's kind of icky oh it is yeah it is yeah. and i i missed last week so i'm uh i'm happy to be back on board and Oh, yeah. You know, as we talk through these things, and I think the listeners will, will find as exciting as this draft class is, I, I saw um, Dan Orlovsky put on, on Twitter, it kind of made the rounds. You know, the Chiefs are the most fascinating team in the draft this year. I think that's true, um, not just being biased, but, you know, we're, we'll talk through it today. It, it's a um, so unpredictable with all the picks they have and the things that they could do. Um, we're going to do our best to predict it, but... <laughs> I'm having a, a hard, hard time with it. And so, um, I don't know. It kind of makes me nervous a little bit. But uh, how's it going on your end, Ron? No, you're right, Brian. You're right. It is great here. But uh, you're 100% right. It is the most intriguing, one of the most intriguing teams. I feel like national media will definitely pick up on that. Because in the draft, I mean, first of all, it's Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, everyone's going to talk about, oh, shoot, what are they help doing to help Patrick Mahomes? Like, that's what everyone wants to talk about. But it's also just how many picks they have. And, like, Imagine us being here covering the team and their only pick is like middle of the third round and that's it. Like, what are we supposed to do here? You know, like it is so nice uh, for the Chiefs to give us all this ammunition, all this, you know, room to talk about literally every draft prospect because, I mean, there's not a lot of guys off their board uh, outside the quarterback position because, you know, they got a lot of picks and a lot of places to uh, positions to spend it on. So, no, it's a great point, and and we're we're less than two weeks away, so it's it's getting closer and closer. Still not close enough. I, I just want it to be draft weekend already, but that's the thing. Chiefs are still doing their homework. They have brought in guys uh, here recently, and one of the biggest names they brought in, Brian. Actually, you wrote him up for the for the site uh, was Jamison Williams. Uh, they draft they brought him in on a top thirty visit. Um, I don't know when you saw that news, Brian, just because you wrote him up. Just what was your initial reaction? Were you kind of pumped to see that they were actually doing their homework on him? Yeah, I'm trying to take it with a grain of salt because you know this time of year, some of these meetings aren't what they might seem on the surface. Yeah. It could just be, well, the the narrative around the, the world because of things like I did with that article, there is a thought that, oh, the Chiefs would love to have Jamison Williams, and they may just be kind of fueling that fire by bringing him in, um, knowing that they don't want to trade up for him. You know, that's possible, but – I think it is probably more likely that they are very interested because of what he can do. I've been um, in the past, we talked about, you know, what he's going to cost on your salary cap for the next four or five years might be very well a better value than what Tyreek Hill was going to cost on your salary cap for the next four or five years. And so I can, I can see the path to that. Uh, you know, I do think it, it takes a trade up. Um, and if it happens, I don't think any of us are going to be too upset. No, it's a fair point for sure with the Tyreek thing. I mean, Jamison Williams is exactly what they need um, in, in wake of not having Tyreek Hill. And so he's, he's, I don't know, he's fascinating, man. It, the only problem is it does sound like he's he's starting to climb up the, the mock drafts uh, position again just because I think teams are starting to understand like, hey, if this guy wasn't injured, we'd be, think, we'd be taking him, you know, very high. So we might as well just take him, you know, and act like he isn't injured because we're going to regret it later. So 
that might be happening, unfortunately. We'll see. Uh, the other thing I wanted to hit on, though, is, is the Chiefs have brought in a lot of kind of just those mid-round corners. I'm actually going to have an article out. Um, I got it written up. It'll it'll go out any time now. Just on the guys they brought in, just just a lot of guys kind of projected maybe go day three, maybe some day two guys. Um, Joshua Williams, the Fayetteville State cornerback. He's actually, you know, we're going to do some cornerback rankings later. He's actually made the cut in that. Um, kind of a bigger build. And, and that's the other thing, too, I wanted to mention is these kind of the guys are all kind of bigger build guys, not Jaquan McMillan, the East Carolina guy. He's a little less, uh, a little smaller build, I will say. But yeah, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, the Washington State cornerback, Gregory Jr., the and his last name is Jr., kind of a, kind of a nice, uh, funny name. Uh, Waquita Baptist, uh, cornerback, and then Samuel Warmack, the Toledo cornerback as well. All guys that are going to go probably day three ish, but kind of just shows you, as we know with Brett Veach. He may be thinking about uh, some of these late round, you know, these mid round, late round cornerbacks because uh, we haven't heard any, uh, you know, any bigger names besides that at cornerback. So I don't know, Talon, when you think about uh, Veach playing kind of the pool of uh, maybe going just mid round, late round cornerbacks instead of early round cornerbacks, like in this class, just what we've talked about, what we know about these corners, like, would you rat would are you cool with that or, or are you kind of, you know, are you kind of like, hey, Veach, let's let's take a swing at a bigger cornerback for once in, in this class, maybe. What do you think? Yeah, I mean. And also, when you look at that list, there's a couple of D2 guys, Joshua Williams and yeah. and, uh, and uh, the Wachita Baptist one. The, yeah, yeah. Both, both Jr., D2 yeah. schools. So, obviously, not only just thinking mid-round, but thinking smaller you know, schools, smaller conference, right. smaller uh, divisions. So, you know, I, 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 yeah, I would love the talent of a top 10 cornerback. But Brett Veach, you know, as he alluded to, it's just hard to find elite cornerbacks where the Chiefs have been picking now. There does seem to be guys that could be there in this draft that could give you elite talent that may not cost a top 10, top 15, top 20 pick. Yeah. Um, we can get into them when you get into your list. But, but you know, I think there's value in adding depth to that room with those picks. But I don't, you know, every now and then you might find a starter. But Joshua Williams is a, is a heck of an athlete. He's a, he's a really good cornerback. He might develop into a really good starting cornerback down the road one time. But, uh, but, and, and when you have so many picks, that could be the, the approach this year that you just want to add value and see, you know, down the road, these guys might land. Yeah. You know what I will say, uh, you know, he's in my ranking, so we'll talk about him, but Williams is, is very high in the NFL community. Um, and when you, when you talk about like Dane Brugler has him as the 12th rated cornerback in the, in the draft in a second to third round, uh, draft grade. You know, Dan Burglar is one of the most respected draft guys in the industry. So, you know, that, a guy at D2 where I can't even find any film to watch. I got to watch his freaking YouTube highlights. You know, uh, that, that's just one of those things where, you know, you kind of have to trust the you know NFL talent and think, oh, OK, he might be a, a guy to really to think about and, and see because um, he is a big, bigger build. I mean, I might as well just talk about him real quick. He's about six two. Let me get the official number. He's, I think he's close to six three. Yeah, it's about six three one ninety five um, out of Fayetteville State. I mean, you know, he's got the he's got the wingspan. You know, ran a four five three. You know, thirty six inch broad uh, vertical uh, jump and a ten four broad jump. I mean, you know, pretty decent athlete at six three one ninety five. Um, you know, he's and he's he's a boomer. He's he's willing to throw his body around a little bit. You know, when you see it at his highlights. So at the D two level, obviously. But uh, no, one other thing I wanted to get your guys' take on real quick. One position we kind of really haven't seen them at all think about top thirty visit wise uh, is the edge rusher position, right? You know, we saw Devonte Wyatt come in. Uh, Talon, you wrote him up for the site. But no edge rushers, no defensive end prospects that have come out. And I don't think that and, you know, don't take this point as, oh, they're not looking. I think we should take it as they're really trying to be secretive about who they're talking to and maybe who they're looking at. Um, I think, you know, the more you see publicized, the more, the less confident I am that they'll actually get actually take that player. It's just it's you know, maybe it's just kind of a, a you know, a mindset thing. Maybe that's not real. But uh, I don't know. Uh Brian, does it mean anything to you that they haven't really looked at any edges? Because they definitely need to be looking at edges, right? I mean, there's, there's no question about that. T to me, it has uh, smokescreen written all over it. And I, I'm really confident in that because we go back to the free agency period. They were not really involved in the high-end pass rusher market then either. So you're telling me you didn't want a high-dollar free agent. You're not really going to great lengths to, you know, bring these these um, draft prospects for your top 30 visits. That tells me they kind of know who they want and they think they're going to be there or they think, oh, we can go up and get them by using trade assets. Um, that, that's where I'm at with it. And, and we'll see 
But I just know, and, and it's it's wise, it's about like every NFL team, they value defensive line play too much to not do something significant with their defensive in-room right now, which is is not in a great spot. We, we know this. Um, and that's with or without Melvin Ingram coming back into the fold. So to me, it, it just signals, okay, they have guys in mind, two or three. They know they can get them. It might require a trade-up. Um, and I think they're just going to do it, and we'll find out here in a couple of weeks who those who those players are. Yeah, no, there's there's no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, I, I I think that's a great point that I think they just they just know their guys are confident in, in who they like, who they know, and let's just not even allow teams to kind of know who we're sniffing around at. Let's just be confident in what we got evaluation wise, and, and just go get them right, and 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 try to get a steal on draft day. Because man, they they definitely need some edge help. I mean, there's just there's just no way they go out of day two without at least a pick, if not maybe even two picks. Uh, you know, at, at the edge position. So it will be interesting. Another interesting question I want to get into. I, th- those are all the updates, all the kind of the guys we've they've met with. Maybe some notes from it, but uh, we've kind of been getting into some questions to, to kick off the rest of the show uh, lately on the pod. And I, and I like this question here because Talon, you raised a good point in this in the group chat this week. Um, you know, just, just, you know, off the wall thought, you know, something we're not really thinking about. Cause that's what we're trying to do at this point. We've evaluated the prospects. We've, you know, we've, we've talked about all the general draft things, right? We're trying to get a l- pretty creative. And one thing, when you think about, uh, chiefs players that, that at some point, you know, during the draft process, Hey, depending on what happens, maybe they're part of a, a, a draft day deal. Maybe they're part, you know, maybe depending on what position the chiefs take, could this player suddenly be on the trade block? And Talon, I want you to kind of maybe uh, introduce us to the player you kind of brought to the fold because it was your thought, and and I and I think it's a really interesting uh, thought here. Yeah, so I was thinking Juan Thornhill. I was writing up a draft profile on Michigan's Daxton Hill, um, and it just got me thinking: if the Chiefs do take a safety in the first round, does that kind of make Juan Thornhill a little bit more expendable to possibly you know trade back up into the into the second or something? Um, yeah, it's a really interesting thought that that kind of crossed my mind, and, and something that you know, may not be thought of widespread right now, but something that the more you think about, man, that, yeah, it's a real possibility that, that something like that could happen. Well, so what is, what kind of is your, uh, when you think about like the draft compensation, like what would be worth it um, to not have Thornhill? Cause that's the thing. Thornhill's on the last year of his deal. And so this is where kind of it becomes interesting. Yeah. If they get somebody that can help better than Thornhill immediately, then what is the point maybe of Thornhill being your third safety? What kind of round, like what draft compensation kind of makes it fair to you, do you think? What what are you kind of you thinking in your head? I mean, if you're putting Thornhill with one of their thirds or possibly even a fourth um, to try to trade back into the either the 30 or the 40 range, um, I think anything with from 33 to 45, one Thornhill, 94 even, I think could get you there, um, depending on who you're trading with. Maybe uh, Detroit, they, they have a safety need. You know, a lot of people have safety needs, and one Thornhill is – is a good safety. Um, I just, you know, the, when you throw in the money aspect, he's on one year of his rookie deal, you know, um, how teams value that's going to differentiate. But yeah, I think you could probably get back in, up into the early second with him. That's the thing though, man. I, I do worry about his value. I do worry, you know, he, he hasn't been, you know, ever since his rookie year, he has not, uh, you know, increased his value really at all. Um, and, and so I wonder if, if he'll even have enough of a market to make it worth it. But man, it's it's a very interesting thought because yeah, let's say they get my guy, Lewis Seen, you know, definitely a guy that just does everything that you want one Thornhill to do just better, in my opinion. Um, you know, then you kind of have Thornhill as your third safety. But if someone's giving you, yeah, you know, because I'm thinking it's just uh player for pick. I mean, you're you're talking about trading down, which I could definitely see and kind of using that, but even just a you know, um not you know, not even that complicated. I mean just, you know, straight up, you know, sometime in the second round, you just trade, you know, get a, another third round pick or something if someone's willing to. But that's rich, I think. That's a little rich uh, for for him, I would think. Um, interesting thought. Another guy I kind of thought, though, um, and Brian, now this is where I kind of want your take. And, you know, I guess if you have any Thornhill takes, please throw them out. But, I mean, what about if they go receiver in early in the in the class and, and they're thinking about maybe other receivers in this class and they're seeing how the board's falling? You know, at some point there could not be a role here from a Cole Hardman in the receiving core all of a sudden, and he's in the last year of his deal. Is there any chance he could be a part of a draft day trader? Just like what are like what kind of would it be like? Uh, would it ever make sense to you? Like, would you be in favor of ever doing that? I guess. 
Yeah, I would. Um, he has been talking about for the last couple of years, the reason he feels like he's not producing at the level he's capable of is because they've had Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill in front of him. You know, he said, I've got the top two receivers in the whole league taking targets away from me. Well, if they take someone in the first round and he starts looking around and seeing, okay, Kelsey's still here, first round receiver, Valdez Scantling, Juju. It could be a situation where even he says, you know what, I want to go somewhere else where I feel like I can earn my payday, knowing that at that point, like, is he going to be a thousand yard wide receiver next year if they have all those guys in the room? I don't think so. Um, and his value right now is higher than it has been at any point probably in his career, um, just based on how he finished the season. So yeah, I think yeah. it's very possible, if not likely. Um, because I think you have a mix there of the team potentially not needing him that much and the player also being ready to prove his, his worth elsewhere. Um, I could definitely see them, you know, especially if they double dip and they take a right wide receiver yeah. first round and they take a wide receiver third round or something of that nature. Well, then you really don't have room for him because you need to develop those young guys. So, um, that's where I would I would flip Hardman. Um, maybe see if a team will, will give you a, a four, something like that. I think would be appropriate um, for how rare his speed is, and you know let him try to earn that payday uh, with another uniform on. Man, man I, I, that's a really interesting thought, man. Um, and I like that you you said. It, I mean, you're right, dude. That's all of a sudden it could be almost likely if they double dip um, because there's just too many mouths to feed in that receiving core uh, all of a sudden really it, it really is the case i mean um you know you talk about juju and mvs and then if there's two you know day one day two picks in here but then also like and and this is another part of what we're talking about here the chiefs could also have you know draft day trades right and and guys like lavisca chanel who they've been rumored to could still be dealt on draft day if the jaguars want to just you know hey let's let's get an extra third round pick because a guy fell to us that we really like Let's, you know, I know the Chiefs wanted a, wanted this guy. Let's just get a third round pick real quick. I, I would hope the Chiefs could maybe just sell for fourth round, but um, that kind of thing, you know. Another guy I thought maybe was Deami Brown, the Washington receiver. Um, you know, they talked about Terry McLaurin, um, you know, being a trade possibility. Well, I, I don't know. I think that's a little overblown. I think he might, they're probably just going to sign him. But then if they draft a Drake London or a Garrett Wilson um, early, which I feel like a lot of mock drafters do, you know, experts have them taking. You know, what if they think they just need to get rid of Diamond Brown, who's just, you know, a guy they drafted in the second round last year, I believe second round, maybe third round. Um, you know, a, a guy we, uh, that I was kind of excited about as a potential Chiefs option. Um, so he, he's kind of a, an, a, you know, exciting young player. But the other part of this, too, um, the other part of the 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 tree, Chiefs may be trading for other players outside, you know, um, I don't know. It'd be kind of rare to have a player for player trade on draft day. So I, I don't imagine like, any of these Juan Thornhill, McCole Hardman ideas mixed with the LaVisca Diami, although you never know. I mean, it'd be kind of crazy. But uh, what about like trading? Because, you know, we know Brett Veach. You know, we see him trade for Mike Hughes a month after the draft. We see him sign Bashad Breland to one-year deal after one-year deal. Um, and, and obviously not tr uh, draft cornerback very highly. What if he kind of gets into the second, third, fourth round and, and says, you know what, let's just trade one of these picks for a vet corner on the market. Um, and, and, and honestly, I don't know which one of you threw out these ideas in the in the rundown. So whoever uh, threw out the Noah Ignogany and Jalen Johnson, like pick it up, please, because I think those are actually two names that that make sense. Right. Um, I, I put Igbenogany and, and Johnson on there, and really I wanted to go with someone from the 2019 draft class, kind of like we were just saying with Hardman and Thornhill and um, guys like that. They've got one year left on their rookie deal. But I didn't really find a lot of names in that class that I thought the Chiefs would really be like highly intrigued by. So shifted to 2020, um, Igbenogany, he's from the Dolphins. And we've talked about him once before on the show um, because he's just kind of a scheme fit. You know, he's a lengthier guy and, and can press. Um, Jalen Johnson, he's kind of somewhere in the middle, you know, six feet tall, average length, but also, you know, has plenty of experience playing up tight in coverage um, on the line of scrimmage like they like their corners to do. So, Two guys who maybe just want a, a fresh start and a, and a change of scenery. And I don't know what it would take to get them. I'm sure it would take a, again, maybe like a fourth round pick, something of that nature. 
Um, but you bring them in and they could be, you know, kind of scheme protected. I think that's the thing with the corners in Kansas City right now is they are more scheme protected than a lot of teams do um, as far as, you know, giving them safety help and making sure that they can play aggressively and not worry so much about what's going to happen if, if they don't, you know, have the best rep uh, on the line of scrimmage. So uh, those are two names that I think, you know, maybe so. They, they have potential. And they have two years left on the rookie deal too, so they, they should be you know high value um, as far as you know semi long term starters. And the Chiefs, we know they need one at cornerback right now in a bad way. Yes, that's the thing. The Chiefs do need an immediate starter, right? They have two starting cornerbacks in in the base. Yeah, you're fine, <laughs> but I mean you're playing three cornerbacks uh, about seventy five percent of the time now, and they do not have a third cornerback they can really get uh, lean on right now. So it's a it's a good point. And that's the thing, Talon. I mean, when you look at this draft class, would you think about it at some point? Like, do you like this class enough where you're just like, no, no way. Like, let's use all these picks. Let's just get guys in this class. Or, or do any of these names intrigue you enough to where at some point, you know, with all these picks, second or third round, you might say, hey, let's just get a guy that we know we've seen in the NFL play. Um, I don't know. Like, because we talked about this class. You've liked this class in the, in, in that kind of in those rounds. Right. And, and so I, I kind of want your your takes on like if you're willing to sacrifice one of these picks yeah um i'm willing to sacrifice one of them i think it'd be a decent idea to sacrifice one of those picks to go get a vet and then use another one to bring in a rookie um to, to kind of help bring him along i think that would be a good pairing instead of you know double dipping on corner and bringing in two rookies why not go try to get one of these vets like a jalen johnson I'm, I'm a big fan of his i like him a lot um and ryan poles now being in chicago there's a relationship there and um you know that could be that could be a card that's played but uh, yeah, I mean, once you get uh, looking at your rankings here, I think once you get into the Kobe Bryant, Cam Taylor Britt tier break is when you start looking at those vets. So that's a good transition because I do want to get into my cornerback rankings right now. I will say, you know, a, a team that, you know, the Chiefs, you know, could trade with is the Colts. I'm really salty, man. Rocky Sin was definitely one of my guys in that draft class a few years ago, and he has already been traded. So they would have kept him maybe we could add a chance at him uh, potentially maybe Veach was looking into that i don't know with with the way he likes to look at former kind of highly picked corners i can't remember what you send oh no he was just part of the Devonte adams trade wasn't he was that kind of was he just intertwined in that no i can't remember no nah, he was oh. with uh yannick ah yes yes good call oh wow the colts have yannick and Gakwa. i kind of forgot about that um all right well geez the afc again is surprising with how stacked they are but now, I want to get into the cornerback rankings. These are my personal cornerback rankings. Um, and, you know, I want you guys to critique them a little bit because I feel good about these. I do. I've been I've been kind of, you know, actually, uh, Jay Binkley had me on 610, uh, you know, Wednesday. And we kind of went through my my first half of the cornerback rankings. But it made me really want to dive into the rest of the cornerbacks that I just like in, in, in the first few days of the draft. Uh, guys that are definitely Chiefs targets. I think all of these guys would make sense in a Chiefs uniform at, to some extent, you know, where they're valued. Um, so, yeah, let's just get into it. And and I want your guys, I, you know, that's the thing. We didn't really, none of us probably looked too hard at the top of the class, right? I mean, I don't know about you guys. You know, I wasn't looking super hard at Derek Singley and Ahmad Gardner because Chiefs aren't going to get them, right? That said, I'm just going to go off of, I, I have to I have to go off of Stingley being that dominant of a player as a freshman at, in the SEC. I just can't get over that, man. I, I got to imagine you take that over a guy like Sauce Gardner, who, yes, is super impressive, the length, you know, 6'3" ridiculous length and, and speed you know combination at the american conference level where you're not facing as good a competition although you play alabama in, in that championship game or you know in the in the playoff and you know he, he he does pretty well against you know not you're not you know he doesn't fail i guess against those receivers um so i don't know uh that's my first tier stingley gardner and then trent mcduffie just because he does. He, he there is. Some, I, I can see why McDuffie's going to go high, man. He he does have some electric plays, and he just he's just a really smooth corner. So that's my first tier. I want your guys' takes. I mean, do you guys have takes on the first tier corners? The and, and none of these guys are going to get to the Chiefs, I imagine. Um, I so I would have Stingley one too, and um, that's kind of like not common right now. A lot of people have went ahead and bumped him down. I've seen some people bump him down to three, um, but for me, he is still the top guy, and I think. You can't get too wrapped up in in what has been the last year or so injuries. You know, um, he was ready to go to the league after that first year. That's just the the reality of it. Everybody knew it. Um, and the thing is, if we're looking at this from like Kansas City's perspective, 
I think there are some players in that tier, you know, two who I might bump up and I, I won't, you know, go into it too deep until you get a chance to talk about them, Ron. But um, I would have a couple of those guys maybe up there with them just as fits. Mick Duffy, uh, I don't know if he is as much as a fit for them, but he's a great player. I think he would be in that three or four range um, for my rankings at least. And Gardner's definitely solidified it too. Um, but again, he's not somebody they're going to be able to get. So um, it's kind of hard to get too excited about the prospects of, of Sauce Gardner. Talon, do you agree with Brian that uh, I'm leaving some people off this first tier? Um, I mean, I, I think the, the the cutoff point you have it is, is decent. I think I think those that tier two, I think there's a couple guys in that are probably fringe, almost like the Trayvon Walkers where it's like, ah, they're, they're really good. I kind of want to put them in tier one, but they're, yeah. they, they feel better than the rest of the guys they're with. So Okay. Um, well, we'll, we'll let so me yeah, get into, I do. I do agree with him a little bit on that. Okay. Well, let me get into the second tier and I'll throw it right back to you so, to get your takes. Cause my first guy in the second, cause okay, here's the thing. The second tier, I feel like is the guys that I do feel like the chiefs can actually get, but I also do think there is a talent level drop off um, a, a little bit. That's why they're able to maybe be at 29 and 30, but I have a, I, I have a good feeling about this second tier. It's Kyrie Elam, the first guy, Andrew Booth jr. Okay. So Kyrie Elam's a Florida cornerback. Andrew Booth Jr., the Clemson cornerback, who it's I've heard some people call him cornerback two or one. I mean, I you know he's a very polarizing prospect. Roger McCreary, the Auburn cornerback, a guy that we really uh, we started talking about early in the process and kind of you know he's kind of fizzled off as as it's gone along. I still have him my second tier cornerbacks, and then Kyler Gordon to finish off that tier. So the second tier is those four. Talon, what about those guys? Uh, you know, what do you where do you see them? Kind of where do you have differences? So Kyer Elam has really uh, grown on me over the course. And, and I have you guys to thank for that, um, especially you, Ron, with your write-up <laughs> on him. He just – yeah, he, I like his fit a lot um, with the Chiefs. And so for that reason, Chiefs specifically, he's definitely tier one. But overall talent, I think he's a good enough cornerback to go round one overall. So, I, you know, depending on – I know this one, two, three, the McDuffie, Gardner, Stingley tier, those guys are probably all going top 15 pretty – Pretty exactly. Safely. Exactly. Um, so I, I understand the break there, but man, Kyrie Elam uh, going, you know, late first, possibly early second. That value, dude. The dude is talented, and I don't think it's that big of a drop off from McDuffie to Elam. Um, so I really do like Elam, and, and Boots the same way. I know he's kind of, you know, there's a lot of different takes on him. Um, I'm he, a he, fan of him. I, I think he's been a big time player for for Clemson, kind of flown under the radar. Um, a little bit just because of how Clemson's dropped off from the national title picture a little bit, but he's still an elite cornerback. And I think he's going to kind of surprise some people that he, that he tumbled a little bit. Yeah. He he's kind of going through some injuries in the draft process. That's kind of maybe what's affecting him a little bit. Um, I, I believe he's the one who had sports hernia surgery. Or am I thinking of somebody else? Uh, he, he, there might be somebody else. I, I'm pretty sure it was Booth though. Um, love to have that, those facts um, while we're doing a draft podcast, but Brian, uh, I know you kind of were maybe thinking some guys in this tier needed to move up. Uh, what are you thinking when you see it? Look at this. <clears throat> right. I, I'm also putting Elam up in that top tier for the Chiefs fit. I think if he ends up there, you know, again, to reiterate, kind of a scheme protected um, in terms of how they use their corners, he could really excel and, and do what he does best. Um, he's got some really good stuff as far as his press technique and and what he's able to do there. And Booth Jr. too, even though he's not quite the same fit or level of fit um, for the Chiefs, I just think he's, the way that he plays the ball is probably second to none um, from what I've seen on, on the college tape. Like it's, it's special sometimes the way that he can go up and out high point receivers. Uh, so, so he's a fascinating one too. And I'd love to see them pick him up at, at really any point in the first round, but um, you guys know, and you kind of touched on it. I, I do like Roger McCreary a lot. I would not put him in the first tier just because of those physical uh, deficiencies. I don't think he'll ever be fast enough, you know, to be a top-notch lockdown number one corner. But if he goes to the right team, and Kansas City is one of those those defenses that it could be the right team for his style of play, I think you're rock solid getting a number two corner maybe a low end number one and he's just going to do a really good job even in, in spite of you know not having the longest arms or being the fastest with his foot speed so um and in that way no he's not in my tier one but 
I would be very confident in his outlook and really like his, you know, I just don't know if they'll be willing to pick him though in the first round. I, I feel like Beach will say, uh, we really like this player, but we're not going to, you know, take him that high because we know that the the upside maybe isn't what they want it to be. Yeah, I totally agree. The The wingspan, the arm length is, is another thing too. I feel like that's hurt him in the process. You know, he's, he's a pretty short arm corner for what he, he does, you know, what he's asked to do as a press guy in the SEC. But that's the thing you just said, and I totally agree, is that he's just he's just a baller, man. He just makes plays. He's a good football player. I like him, and I I think uh, I think he does make a lot of sense. I will say on Andrew Booth Jr., uh, yeah, he is a lot of injury history. I'm glad I uh, went back and looked. Um, and and this is probably why he's getting he's probably going to go later than a lot of people maybe have him as a uh, you know film grade wide wise, but. Uh, yeah, tons of stuff. I mean, he he didn't work out all all pre-draft process because of a strained quad, but had, you know, battled knee tendonitis in high school as well, required surgery on a patella tendon his freshman year, um, you know, uh, and then also obviously this pre-draft process has a grade two quad strain and a double hernia surgery um, has happened this pre-draft process. So yeah, that's, that's someone that's probably, uh, you probably Fair wait mind. maybe later, later on, later on day two, uh, maybe to, uh, to maybe even yeah later on day two he, he's, he's a good enough player on tape to to really like but uh let me go through my last tier here and then we will uh get into break right before um the sec this is kind of my last like the guys that i'm really you know excited about on, on the second in the second round um and then the next tiers and we'll go through them quickly but Tariq wallen does lead off this tier for me um, you know, I know he's got a lot, a long ways to go. He's a former receiver. You can kind of tell he's definitely not the most, uh, def, uh, refined, but I mean, you do kind of have to just at some point take the, take the swing on that combination of size and speed. And he does know how to use this, uh, his size. I think, I, I think uh, he would translate, um, the chiefs would help him, you know, get, you know, going at, at an NFL level quicker than maybe some other teams, just because of how they use their corners. He knows how to use his size to disrupt things at the line of scrimmage and just, you know, kind of be that like presence and in, in zone coverages and kind of just take up space. So he's my, my, he's number eight overall, my uh, lead off in the third tier, but Martin Emerson is my number nine cornerback. And he's a guy I really liked in this process. He's a guy that I'm a lot higher than, than it seems like the general uh, consensus. Um, someone like Dane Berg, who I'm going to keep referencing because I really respect his work. He had him at 21 in his cornerback rankings. And it made me look, you know, go back and, and look and say, what am I not seeing? I don't know. I, I really like maybe it's just because of how he fits with the Chiefs. I do understand how he could be a pretty limited corner. Um, but Martin Emerson, Mississippi State, um, go watch him. Lengthy dude, super lengthy dude, but a definitely guy I want on the Chiefs. And then Kobe Bryant's my number 10 corner, and that rounds out my third tier. Uh, Talon, you see that third tier. Is there anybody from that tier that you'd move up, or is there anybody I'm missing that you kind of see below maybe? I, I Get into them if you, if you see anybody. Man, I love this tier. I, I think this is the value tier. I think this is where you could get a guy, um, not late, but fit later than than you might think. Um, but, dude, this is a guy that's going to come in and push for a starting cornerback spot on the Chiefs for sure. Yes. Um, and and honestly, I would probably – I mean, if, if you want to get – you know, start splitting hairs. I like Bryant a little bit more than than Woolen or Emerson. Um, but, you know, any, I'd be happy with any three of these guys. And, the, and really, I love – I like Cam Taylor Britt from Nebraska. I like him a lot. So I, I, I almost want to pull him up, but I, I'm not there yet because I like Kobe Bryant a lot more than I like Cam Taylor Britt. So I, I think there is a gap there. I think there's a break in, in talent. Well, let me, yeah, let me do the rest of the tiers before I throw it back to you, Brian, or the rest of the rankings, just so everyone knows where I'm at with the rest of the guys. So fourth tier does start out with Cam Taylor Britt, which I did think was going to be a guy that was going to be brought up as a guy that could be in that third tier. I, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to stand put on him being my lead off in the fourth tier cam Taylor Britt Zion McCollum, the Sam Houston state cornerback. I, you know, I think he's really intriguing. A Caleb Evans, the Missouri cornerback, uh, you know, the former Tulsa that transferred to Missouri Jalen armor Davis, the Alabama cornerback, and then Damari Mathis, the pit cornerback. That is my fourth tier right there. I really think those are solid guys that can come in and, and just give you, competent play as guys that can be physical presences in the NFL guys that have the size guys that can you know Mathis is a little smaller maybe but he I like Mathis man I, I think he could be a, a solid player in the NFL then in my fifth tier real quick 
Marcus Jones, a Houston cornerback, you know, more of a slot, more of a punt returner, kick returner type as well. You know, I like his playmaking, but I'm going to keep him in that fifth tier. Joshua Williams, a Fayetteville State cornerback. We talked about him earlier. That D2, that's just going to, you know, he's going to keep, that's going to keep him down for me. He played at a D2 level. Tariq Castro Fields, a Penn State cornerback. Mario Goodrich, the Clemson cornerback, Kansas City kid. And then Vincent Gray, the Michigan cornerback, rounds out my top 20. That's my fifth tier. Let's go back up there, though, uh, with that third and fourth tier, Brian. What kind, do you like anything about the names I put in that third tier? Do you agree with talent that maybe Cam Taylor Britt could be moved up? Yeah, I like Britt quite a, Taylor Britt a, a lot there. There's a couple more that I wanted to touch on as far as um, – I mean, let me just kind of yeah. bounce this off you. So, Caleb Evans from Mizzou. So, that's one that I'm kind of like marking down off to the side because – and then the other one that, you know, just being an Alabama guy, having faced the best receivers, generally speaking, uh, is Jalen Armour Davis. And I think he has a lot of qualities that they're going to really, you know, see, okay, like we've seen him do this at the SEC level, and this is what we're going to want him to do for us as well. It, it translates. Um, I could see him being up in that tier three uh, as a fit for the Chiefs. But as it is, Woolen, Emerson, Bryant, that's they would be in there for me as well um, in that order. And I just think maybe those two I just talked about with Caleb Evans and Armour Davis from Alabama, I might slot them in um, right underneath Woolen, um, Emerson perhaps as well. That is for my cornerback rankings, but we got something really fun on the other side of this break. So let me throw it there and then we'll come back with you with a the draft of drafts and I'll explain further. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back in on the AP Draft Room podcast on the AP Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. It has been a fun draft process. It's getting closer and closer here. And, you know, it's it's the draft we're covering. And so the only way to, to really cover the draft is just to uh, do more drafts about the draft. And that's what we're going to do right now is draft players that we think the Chiefs could draft. And I'm going to keep saying draft because draft, draft, draft. But no, uh, yeah, no, I, we got a fun little thing here. So <laughs> uh, Chiefs. Chiefs pick at 29 and 30. They got two first round picks. We know they can move up, move down, whatever. But all we know is they got a lot of ammunition in this first round. And so what we're going to try to do is we're going to draft players that are possible targets in the first round and try to be right. Not guys that we want them to pick, right? We're not picking our guys. We're going to be trying to be try to be right, which is definitely a difference. I mean, there's absolutely a difference. When you think about it, you got to consider Brett Veach's draft history. You got to consider, you know, how aggressive he is. You got to consider how the board could fall. Um, we are picking, you know, we're picking guys trying to be right. We're going to go three rounds here and we're going to go, we're just going to go regular draft, no snake draft. There's not enough rounds for it to be, to make sense for a snake draft, but I'm the third pick because I just volunteered to be, but I want to, it's between talent and Brian for the first and second pick. And I'm going to have you, this is how we're going to do it. You have to, uh, 
I'm thinking of a player, a Chiefs player, and the closest per I, I, just any player on the on the roster. So it's just literally any player. You have to be the closest position wise, and I know that makes no sense, but if you whatever player you guess, whoever's closest position wise gets to go first. So guesses, please. I'm gonna say Devon Key. Devon Key, okay. Brian. Mm, I'm gonna go offense then and uh smart go with a, a running back, uh Ronald Jones. Talon, you will have the number one overall pick. I was thinking Rashad Fenton, so defense safety. See, it made sense, right? My little game made sense. It, it played out, it, it didn't fail. Um, so that's good. Uh so yeah, Talon, you have the first pick. And so again, picking guys we think the Chiefs could pick first first round, just one at a time. Three rounds. Talon, do you have a number one overall pick for us? I do. Um, it, is, it happens to be one of my guys. But uh, I do think, you know, if quarterbacks start to go, if there's a run on receivers, um, that there's going to be some good players pushed down. And Daxton Hill is a good player. He's a guy that checks multiple boxes for the Chiefs. They need help at slot, <clears throat> excuse me, at slot cornerback. Uh, and that's something that Daxton Hill has done a lot of in college. And he's done it, done it very well. Um, so he could slide, uh, come in day one, be the starting slot cornerback for for nickel packages and dime packages for the for the Chiefs. Um, but he's also a, a very good safety over the top. So if Juan Thornhill does hit free agency next year, he could slide right in to start next to Justin Reed, uh, and then they could just fill the need with a you know one of their depth guys and cornerback that they take later on in the draft for for, for future years. So for me, Daxon Hill just checks so many boxes. He's so versatile. He's so physical. He, he's fast. Um, and he can cover a lot of different types of receivers. So for me, Daxon Hill is uh, realistically, I think the Chiefs could, could take him. I think it's actually a really good pick when you consider, you know, because he might be BPA. He might be best player available um, at 29 or 30. And if he falls there and you're right, he fills he fills needs for sure. That's a great first pick. I think it's a great lead off. But Brian, you have the second overall pick. Who are you going with? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to shake things up in a big way. Um, this is what I think is going to happen. And we kind of alluded to it. At the beginning of the show, um, I, I think they just they really know who they want and they're going to do kind of whatever it takes to get them within reason. So um, this is where it gets tricky because I'm going to predict which player falls because uh, I, I don't think they're trading up higher than, you know, 13, 14, 15 range. But they're going to get there and they are going to end up taking Jermaine Johnson. Um, ah, I think he does fall in, in his hype through this pre-jack process has been crazy. And, you know, nationally we're saying, Oh, this guy, he, he's going top eight, top 10. I'm not so sure that's the case. I think maybe they have a decent beat on this and they kind of know that he might get down to 13, 14, 15, and that's who they want. And that's why they've just kind of, you know, been patient with the defensive end market. Um, and they're going to package up pick 50, maybe throw in another pick on day three and yeah, make yeah. sure they get their guy, Jermaine Johnson, uh, out of Florida State. This is the strategy of this game, man. I love it. You know, you are, are we taking guys that, you know, are most, are, you know, most likely to fall or are you taking guys that you, we are confident they are looking at wanting to get? And I think you're right. I think Johnson will be the perfect guy to trade up for for Kansas City because he is an immediate impact guy, plus with, you know, a pretty high ceiling. Just a guy you can definitely throw in there at a, as a four three D end, either you know either edge and 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 give you good pass rush and run production. I love it. I love the idea of that. But I am on the clock here with the third overall pick now, and so I'm kind of going going to go in a similar boat as you, Brian. And I'm going to go George Karloftis, the par Purdue um, edge rusher. I you know it's starting to feel like I think you know I think there are some people that don't like him, but I think that's just kind of it's kind of getting overblown a little bit. I do think he's going to go pretty high, but in that same boat, if he does fall to an certain extent, I think the Chiefs just understand how well he fits in their defense. How you know, and he is still a pretty raw prospect, still a pretty high ceiling guy. You know, not as much as Johnson in my opinion, but I think he could be a guy they they target. So George Karloftis, Purdue edge rusher, Talon, you are back on the clock. Yeah, I'm going to stay edge. Um... So I'm going to go Arnold Ebiketti. I think this oh. is a guy that, that uh, you know, some may not see him as a round one value, um, but I like him a lot. And I think he's a guy that if the Chiefs need to get and want, really want to get, they have to take him with one of these first round first round picks unless they trade back him to the early second because he'll be gone uh, if they don't take him here. So depending on how much they value him and, and you know, 
he's not great against the run. He doesn't have the biggest anchor in the world, but he does offer value when, you know, when the, you know, um, and, and certain run stuffs, but I like the way he rushes a passer. He's a very effective and very efficient pass rusher. And that's something the chiefs need. Um, and, and in terms of, um, there was a stat that broke on Twitter and I believe it was advocated. It was one of the best in, in the, in the country at, at creating pressures, um, without, you know, um, what was what was the official stat? It was un, unassisted pressure, or, or you know, in terms of offensive linemen falling down, or you know, something like that. Something where it was you know the offense failed to stop him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not making any sense, but anyway, um, <laughs> I, I like Evicetti here. I think he'd be a good round one value for the Chiefs. No, I think I think what you're referencing is it a PFS stat? Because I think it's like yeah. just, I think it's just win rate. And maybe that's what it was, yeah. And because it's it's it, I believe win rate for them can be passing and run blocks like both. So like you know it's not just like your pass rush win rate. It can be you know how much when you're engaged with the block you're winning it. And right. you're right. When I watch you know I've watched three full games of him for my for my film um, review and you know I will say like yeah he is you know he's not the biggest dude. Yeah he's not just gonna like be able to just like physically dominate a block if he doesn't get momentum into the engagement. He definitely. If he's standing straight up, he's going to get blown off the ball for sure. But that's the thing, dude. He understands that. He's got long arms. He can play with that leverage. He's a very high-effort player. So he's a guy to me that I feel like could really, like, he just, you know, he just needs to, you know, always, you know, be aware of that on the field, like always be in a position to kind of, you know, be ready to use that leverage. And since he's a high-effort player, I just feel like, yeah, he could get to that point where he he just doesn't find himself in those positions a lot because he's always with good technique. Um, yes, he can be in those positions because that's the other thing, which I've I've seen this be talked about with him, which I agree with it, you know, but I, I didn't think about it until I've heard it. He definitely doesn't seem like a player that can add much weight on like he like I feel like his frame is a good frame, but like he is what he is in terms of like what his build is right now. You know, he's just not a, he's just not going to be a guy you can just add on like 20 pounds and say, OK, well, now he's a bigger guy that can stuff the run. Well, now he's not going to be able to fly off the ball. So. Um, yeah, it's an interesting, I, 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 I go off about him because I just wrote him up and I, 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 he is becoming one of my favorite options in the first round. So I'm glad we took him. And so now Brian, unless you had any Ebiketti takes, you can go ahead with yeah. your second round pick. Now Ebiketti was one that I had on my list too. Um, and I forget who it was. It was, you know, a respected name on, in the media football space who had said his comp was, um, Shaq Barrett for Ebiketti as far as his career outlook. And I'm thinking, you know, if the Chiefs took him and and you said, okay, he's going to become Shaq Barrett-level type player, sign me up for that all day, even yeah. if it doesn't mean some, you know, run defense deficiencies. I think we've seen over the last few years, while the defensive ends like Frank Clark have been really, really good against the run, we need more, more pass rush juice. So I'm all for that yes. one. That's a good pick. Um, so this next one, uh, I don't know that I would do this with the Jermaine Johnson trade up might be a little redundant in terms of, of how they're using the resources. But one that I think could definitely happen is a small trade up for defensive tackle Devonte Wyatt out of Georgia. And that was um, a really, really good player that Talon wrote up on, on the website. And this goes into that whole idea. Okay. We want to really funnel our pass rush up the middle Um have a contingency plan for life after Chris Jones. Um, because if you think a, a lot of the, the best quarterbacks, the best way to, you know, get them off their game is if you can get pressure up the middle. Yes, man. Um, Wyatt, Chris Jones, you know, Wharton, Taylor Stallworth, they just brought in. There's some juice there to rotate through. Um, I, I don't think that that's, um, that crazy of an idea that they would go D tackle first round. So Devonte Wyatt, Georgia is my second uh, choice for this first round rotation. I totally agree, man. And the other thing that we've talked about, I, I believe on this pod is that, you know, defensive tackle right now it's stacked, but you know, the high end talent right now really only is Chris Jones. And if they want to get younger and cheaper, you know, kind of in the short term, you know, maybe next off season, maybe Jones isn't a chief next year, you know, or, you know, in 2023. So, it's very possible. So I think it's true. I think it's a good point. And the other the other part of that, if that happens, is going back to our trade um, discussion at the beginning. I think you would see Colin Saunders 
eventually traded. If it's not on draft day, it might be deep into training camp. You say, okay, this team needs some bodies at D tackle. You go ahead and give it because because you're probably not going to keep him at that point either. Um, so I, I can see how that puzzle just fits together really, really well. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It's a, it's a good point. You know, we've gotten this far. I mean, I'm on my, I'm, we're on the sixth overall pick and no one's taking receiver in the first round. I mean, we all kind of hope it's the case, right? That the chiefs at least take one of these guys. Although that's the thing. It does seem like, you know, the way it is, is coming, it, it does feel like, you know, it's going to be hard for one of the, the receivers. They really like to fall to them. But let me tell you this guys, I, I, you know, I, I do think I've seen some questions about how this player could fit with the Chiefs offense. I really think he complements really well what the Chiefs do have existing. And he may not have the highest ceiling as a receiver, but I think he comes in and gives you a really high floor and just really competent hands. Going to get open. You know who I'm going with. It's Jahan Dotson, the receiver from Penn State. I think the Chiefs could really like what he brings. To the, like, I just think. He's he's not the bigger receiver guy, but they have plenty of those now, I think, and they also also could draft another one here in this draft. I think Jahan Dotson could be that that slot Z type that not like McColl, but like someone that could actually you know get open, you know know how to under you know know how to maneuver zone coverages, you know have reliable hands, you know he has an insane catch radius for his size. I I really like him as a receiver, and I think the Chiefs could too. I really think Andy could, you know, I think he needs a guy like this. I think and and I've comped him to Emmanuel Sanders, and I think. The Chiefs could really use a guy like that now that they don't have, um, you know, they, they kind of have a lot of, you know, bigger guys. You know, MVS is vertical speed, but maybe not side to side speed. Um, yeah, I, I really like the idea of him in the offense. I, I really do. I, I admit that he doesn't have the highest ceiling. I admit that he's not going to be maybe a, you know, a number one wide receiver one day, maybe potentially. I mean, you know, to, you know, a lower level maybe of one. But at the same time, man, I, I think he's going to give you a really high floor and just really competent play. And Patrick Mahomes is going to enjoy having him on, on, on the team if they go that direction. So Jahan Dotson is my pick. Um, any reaction from that? Because I, I do feel like he's kind of a – I see people that just like say blah when they see him get drafted to the Chiefs. Man, I, I don't, like, I, I don't like that. I don't like that. I, yeah, I, I think I, he needs more respect. He does, man. I, I love his hands. He catches everything. And, you know, I feel like we've talked a little bit about it. His quarterback play was all over the place at Penn State. Yeah. Oh, um, my God. No, that is so true. Watching yeah. him – in depth, man. Like, holy cow! Like, one of sorry to interrupt, but one no, of the good. one of the tweets I put out to, for my article was against Iowa. Towards the end of the game, man, dude just burns burns the deep safety both times to the to the open side, you know, to to the field side. Like, just has all this field in front of him on these deep posts at the end of the game to like win the game, basically. And both of the throws just go completely like bending back the other way, like. Just all you all he has to do is throw it into space. Like it's just it's you know I don't know I couldn't imagine how much production he lost from having the quarterbacks he had at Penn State. But go ahead. Yeah, man, I think he could be someone that playing with a guy like Patrick Mahomes in the offense like the Chiefs have. I think he would be very productive. So I would love that as a first round pick. Um, but I'm gonna go ahead and take a deep shot here and say the Chiefs trade up for Jameson Williams. Um, you know they had him in for a visit. You know maybe smoke screens. You know I, I know those games are played behind the scenes, but but man, Jameson Williams brings a lot, and you know he's fast, he's reliable, he uh, he, he can run some nice routes. He in in what he would do uh, replace. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say he's going to replace Tyreek Hill because you just you can't replace a Tyreek Hill, but he would um, come in and play the role that a Tyreek Hill is leaving. So, um, and I think if you do get a guy like Jameson Williams, all of a sudden that, that McCole Hardman thing we were referring to earlier probably happens. Yeah, I love it. I love it. We're taking swings, man. Uh, you guys are taking swings. And I do think we know Brett Veach, man. He's it's just so hard to see him not being, you know, making some sort of swing in this. So I do think it's smart for you guys to go with that strategy. So, Brian, are you going to continue going swings here? Or are you going to maybe play it more conservative with this third round pick? <clears throat> I, I'm going to scale it back here in a moment. But I, before I move on to that, I, I want to touch on this wide receiver conversation. And yeah. I'm you know, you said, Ron, like with Dotson and how the consensus seems to be like it would just be a okay pick or, you know, people yeah. would be kind of, I don't know, let down by it. And I don't get it at all either. And um, the thing that, you know, people kind of knock him for is the weight, right? You know, is he, is he that strong? Is he able to, to play through contact and what have you? But we're talking about a wide receiver class that's full of guys who have that, that question mark, right? I mean, even mm -hmm. Jamison Williams – that's kind of like his big thing is how strong is he through contact? 
Um, Alave, same thing. Um, so the thing you have to ask yourself is what team is going to use them the best? And I got a lot of confidence in the Chiefs right now with Andy Reid and Mahomes and and the hole they have at the Z receiver. You're bringing him or Williams. Um, when I say him, I mean um, Dotson. Yeah. And you're not asking them to get on the line of scrimmage and get off a of press that much. You're really yeah, not. Exactly. You're going to use them the right way. And and they're going to they're going to do their best work, I think, with a team like like the Chiefs. So um, that would be a great pick and one I could definitely see. But I'm going to triple down on the defense, <laughs> on the defensive line because you guys took um, the top receivers that I had in mind. And I'm actually going to go with Boye Mafe, the edge out of Minnesota. Another guy, um, I would take him at 29 or 30. I wouldn't trade up for him. But my thing is, does he have the the weight or the length that maybe in the past they seem to really want out of their, their DNs? No, but he can play. I think he has a lot of potential. I don't think there's a, a whole lot of point in, in getting too wrapped up in the you know, the measurables, there's a lot of guys who don't fit that. And and at some point you just got to say who, who can play, who can set an edge solid at a solid level and rush the passer a little bit. And I think Moffat could do that. But the, the thing that sells me most is I believe no better situation than to bring Moffat in somewhere that has um, a guy like Melvin Ingram who fits the, that same exact conversation, short arms, not the heaviest in terms of, of, a four, three defensive end. Mm-hmm. Well, you bring Ingram back and he can really teach that kid some things, I think about how to use his, his body type um, and get the most out of it. I think he's, you know, I know that's, you're assuming a lot of things there. You're assuming they have Ingram back, but I really like that idea to help Mafe reach his ceiling. Um, and, and so, yeah, three, three defensive linemen for me, but I, I don't see them getting out of the first round without one. So that's the reasoning behind that. And I think with the Melvin Ingram thing, you could say the same thing with Eva Katie too. Um, uh, you know, and, and by the way, I, I, I was corrected the other day. It, it, apparently it is Eva Katie. I've been saying Eva Katie all off season. So just, just, just letting everyone know, uh, you know, I'm not just switching it up out of, out of randomly. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's, I think that's a really good point in the defensive line because I, they got to get somebody, and so it's good. We've all kind of stocked up on all the guys, but there is one guy we have not picked, and that's who I'm going to go with, and that's David Ojabo. Um, I do think the Chiefs have to. I mean, in my opinion, it, you sprint it to the – if you don't have to trade up for him, if he's there at 29 or 30, I get it, man. You really want to have someone that can contribute right away, depending on who else is there. Maybe you know, maybe you do take uh, Eba Cady, uh, you know, before Ojabo because you know maybe you like Ojabo more as a player, but you're just like, man – I'll take my swing on Eba Katie because I know he'll be I'll, I'll get my hands on him right away and, and see him right away, which I know is kind of, you know, it might be bad logic to some extent. But I don't know. I, I You got to take Ojabo, in my opinion, just because you'd never get a, to take you never able to take that swing at that high level of a talent. So David Ojabo is who I'm picking around at our draft. So I'm going to re- recap the teams real quick. Talon, you took Daxon Hill, Arnold Eba Katie and Jameson Williams. So, I mean, <laughs> We get one of those. I think we're all we're all feeling pretty good, uh, and I feel like we're gonna. I could say that about all of our teams. Brian, you took Jermaine Johnson the second, Devontae White, and Boye Mafe, and uh, I went. I wound up with George Karloftis, Jahan Dotson, and David Ojabo. I mean, I could go another round probably, um, but but that's the thing. Uh, we could go all day with this kind of stuff, and and next week is the last episode before the draft. As crazy as it sounds, it is. But it's going to be the best episode of the entire uh, offseason so far. So we're excited for it. It's going to be good. Guys, I'm going to sign off here. Appreciate you guys joining me today. It's been a great show. It was a really fun time. Actually, let's say, I mean, Talon, real quick, before we before we sign off, who's got the best team? Who who drafted the best team of guys? I mean, is it you? Are you are you claiming the throne or, or what's going on here? What do you think? No, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to Brian because I think he's got a he's got a pair of uh, defensive ends that offered two different things that I think could be a, a really good duo. And then you had Devontae Wyatt, dude. He just created the best defensive line in the NFL in three years. So <laughs> uh, that's that's tough to beat, man. That's tough to beat. And that's 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 where the Chiefs are lacking the most. So so in one draft, he just, he just created the best offensive defensive line. So good for him. <laughs> I might have to agree there. I might have to agree. Although, I don't know, Talon, when you're talking about Daxon Hill and Eva Cady and Jameson Williams, whew, 
Brian, are, are you claiming the throne? Uh, well, so I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate against myself here. And I like both of yours a lot. The, the cool thing about Ron's is you did not trade up at all. And so say it plays oh, out yeah. or you, say it plays out where you get dots in and Ojabo or, you know, however you want to mix those two first round picks, you still have pick 50, which I traded away and you still have pick 62, which I might've traded away. So there's something to yeah. that too. Um, but heck man, I, if, if the Chiefs <laughs> get two of these nine players we just talked about, uh, I think we're going to be juiced as, juiced as hell. It'll be a great weekend for, uh, the draft. That is a great call. Uh, you're right, man. If they do get two of these guys, I think we'll all be feeling good. And uh, we, will, we will see which one of us uh, gets the swing correct. Um, we're going to definitely keep track of that. So, no, I appreciate everybody listening. It's been a fun show. We're going we're gonna to give you one, a uh, couple more shows. We'll recap the draft, obviously, last, you know, after the draft as well on the AP Draft Room pod. But make sure you listen to all the other podcasts. We'll be having plenty of draft content on the site coming up as well. So for Talon, for Brian, I'm Ron. Appreciate you listening, and we will catch you next week. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping, and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise Flagship Fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise Flagship Fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.